I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. All right, we're back. Jason and John, 99 FM ESPN Grizzlies. Get to 11 in a row last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, our next guest is a friend of the show, one of our absolute favorites, the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini, Celtics analyst, former Boston Celtic champion, joins us now. Scal, what's up, dog? Long time no speak. You, you know what? It has been. But you know you know what would be glorious? If my Celtics and your Memphis can get to the finals mm. and we can hang out mm. like days mm. on days on end and go to dinner on me, I think you out in Boston, like this thing would be great because the – Memphis Grizzlies are playing some good basketball right now. I mean, look. Well, Odyssey ain't going to send us to Boston, are they, John? Yeah, It'll have to be when you come down here. That's going to have to be on our dime if we're going to Boston. <laughs> but you know what? You're worth that. You're in, in, in an NBA, that's true. In an NBA Finals appearance, it's like, how many times is that going to happen? Like, you kind of have to travel with the team when it does. Oh, I mean, you know, obviously when you have a dynamic team, like we have the dynamic star, you have the dynamic star. When you have those guys and in your role players, and I say that like, you know, tongue in cheek. Role players can be superstars nowadays, but like I just really like the way that your guys' team is built. Starting, I, I got it. I, I understand the, the, the power of John Moran and how great he is, but who, what I really like is the way that Jaron Jackson Jr. has been playing lately, the way that Steven Adams in his role, like, you know, your defense is number one since somewhere around December, December 15th or December 23rd. So your defense is off the charts. You're owning the paint. You're rebounding the ball. And then you have, you know, like all the other guys, like the Dylan Brooks of the world, the Desmond Baines making shots. Like I, I really like the construction of your team. And obviously, you know, the Celtics right now and the way that they are, they just look like a class of their own in the uh, Eastern Conference. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, as we as we mentioned, are uh, they they are streaking right now, eleven in a row. Um, it, it's it's basically you know, I mean, there are some pieces of it that are uh, different, you know, uh, at the margins, but it's basically the same same guys. It's Ja, it's Jaron, it's Desmond Bain, and you know they're a year older. What do you make of you know th- this Grizzlies team, what they've done this season, and how real they are? Yeah, I think the only issue and I think we talked about it a lot during last year, was their inability to close out games at times. You, they would make some plays, and you'd be like, man, that's that's not like a championship-level play that you would make. And like the Minnesota series, it was almost like two teams kind of tripping their way forward. Memphis ended up surviving that. But I don't – like so if that's what I saw last year, I saw a little bit of that in the regular season, saw a little bit of that in the playoffs. I can't say that I see any of that nowadays. Now, it doesn't mean they don't lose close games. Everyone loses close games. But I just think I don't think they beat themselves. I think they get quality looks late. I think they make tough defensive plays. And I think more than anything, and people have to understand this, rebounding and defending late in the game, defending the rim late in the game is so important. And they do that with the best of them. So if anybody were to say, like, do you trust Memphis to, to go to the NBA Finals? The only answer I could give you would be, 
If I said no, it's only based off of last year. It's nothing that I've seen this year. To me, like that whole growth, whatever they went through last year, and it's, you know, a team ready to take another step, they have been that team that's willing to take that, that next step. And, you know, I'm watching last night because I wanted to see Darius Garland and Ja go at it. There always is this with the way that Ja plays and how, you know, dynamic he is. Like you saw when he went up yesterday and he grabbed his shoulder, I was like, oh, my gosh, is the guy going to return it? He does some crazy things out there. That would be the only thing last year they – I think they, they busted the Warriors up and he had, ended up getting hurt and missing a bunch of time and couldn't play in the playoffs. There's, the only way that this team could get, like, obviously teams could beat them but get derailed would be if John Moran gets hurt or some, some key uh, guy on their team gets hurt. So that's – when people ask you, do you trust Memphis, I say I trust Memphis – but Jaw has to stay healthy, and I think that these guys are, are primed to make a big-time run this year. I, I know you have always loved Dylan Brooks's intensity level, Brian. Do you, you know, he's in a contract year, and, and last night you get the whole Dylan Brooks experience because well, he's 4 of 12 from the field, he's 0 of 5 from 3, but he gets the huge block there on Garland at the end. Um we're hoping, you know, maybe he's sec- maybe at least he's second team all defense. Set that to the side this year. W- when you're going forward, the Grizzlies looking ahead, do you have to have Dylan Brooks in your mind? I mean, future have years. To, yeah. Yeah, like have to, have to, probably don't have to, but if you're trying to win it all, I would say yes. If, if the Memphis Grizzlies plan is to stay beneath the tax, then maybe you don't. But like, I look at him as like a must if you're going to win it because he also, when you talk about your 4 of 12, 0 for 5, he takes the smoke every day. Like he is all about it. Every single player that's coming in the building, and and the more accolades they come, the more he brings it. So I think you have to have a guy like that to win it all. You know, Draymond Green provides that for – the uh, Golden State Warriors. Marcus Smart provides that for the Boston Celtics. I, I do believe that you, if you're thinking about beating the likes of name a team, like you, you want to play Denver and you don't want Jamal Murray to go off, you've got to have a guy like Dylan Brooks. So I'm a half-two guy if you're going to win it all, but not if you just want to be a relevant team. Like if you're just happy being going to the Western Conference Finals, maybe you go to the Finals, but it's not like – uh, championship or bust, then yeah, then you can probably he can go someplace else. But it seems like when they made that commitment the, to Tyus Jones, that they're saying like, no, this is our team, this is our roster, this is what we're going to do. We're about we're about winning. So if you're about winning, you got to have Dylan Brooks in your team. Uh, I'm with you completely. Do you, do you you know what defensive players of the year look like? You just had one last year, and, and Marcus Smart, and when Williams is in there, I mean he's that caliber. Does Jaron Jackson Jr. to you? I mean he's at 3.3 blocks per game, and he'd he'd be among the leader. He'd be the leader, Brian, if he had played enough games. So that's going to happen soon enough. Does that look like defensive player of the year to you this year on the league's number one overall defense? Yeah, I would say that's exactly what it looks like C- combined with being on the best team, right? You have the best defense defense in the league and he's blocking shots and he's like like Marcus is an unreal on-ball defender. He was unreal last year. He's been like just I would say he's okay above average this year. Mm-hmm. Rob Williams has been off the charts for the Celtics this year. Hasn't played in a lot of games, but if 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 you start looking at, you know, I always I would love for the NBA to create standards they won't do it, but, you know, you have to play in 70 games for it to be that, that would be like 85% of the season. I would love for the NBA to do that, but 
there's no doubt that his on-court, off-court, when he's healthy compared to when he's out of the lineup, yep. that it, that's exactly what a defensive player of the year looks like. And Memphis will do a good job of putting out the information. The question is just, is he going to play in enough games mm-hmm. to be to, to qualify for something like that? But that is you know, that's a great question, that's, and that's a spot-on description of what a defensive player of the year looks like. You know, you, you mentioned right. it, and I want to kind of explore that a little further. Um, you know, Memphis as a market has never been one that anybody would ever accuse of, you know, wanting to go into the luxury tax. But, I mean, if you look at their owner, Robert Para, I mean, he's the, the dude has so much money, it's ridiculous. Like he's, uh, I don't know what his net worth is today, but I mean, it's, you know, hundreds of billions, I'm assuming. I mean, the guy is is loaded. Um, so when you, if you're him, and, and what we, he doesn't talk much, but what we know about him is he loves basketball. If you're him and you see what you have put together and a guy like Dylan Brooks who is the spirit of the team and how quickly this has happened, I mean, don't you almost have to be willing to say... Give it a shot. Yeah, like yeah. we'll go into luxury tax because we think what we have is really freaking special. Yeah, so I think no matter what, no matter where you're at as a team, it doesn't matter if you're on the bottom or on the top, you, you have to ask yourself, like, after we sign this guy... Could we move him if things start to go sideways? That, that's a question that you have to ask yourself. So, like, like you have to so know the makeup of the guy. Like, listen, I don't watch Dylan Brooks as much as you guys do, but I can't imagine if Dylan Brooks signs a fat contract that he's going to all of a sudden just not you know, be too Hollywood and he's just going to be out there chilling. So I don't really imagine that. So they would have a better feel on that. So if I feel like this is the Dylan Brooks that we're getting, we're paying you for this, he's super competitive – loves to compete, loves to hoop, and all that stuff, then you do it because the NBA, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that don't, don't love the hoop, don't want to compete, don't want to do that, don't play to win, don't you know, have that edge that he plays with. So if, if you go out there and you go into the luxury tax, you can always move. If things start going sideways, you can always move a Dylan Brooks. So as long as the contract is, is not unmovable, you do it, and you go into the tax because those are easy adjustments to make you go back in the history of the NBA where owners have tried to avoid the luxury tax by not signing a guy in the off season where you can make that move later. If you believe in the guy use Oklahoma city, for example, with James Harden, they could have signed James Harden to a deal and they could have pivoted on a lot of different ways, kicking the can down the road. If you're trying to avoid the luxury tax is something you can do, but listen, let's say you do that. And then all of a sudden you get to February and things are great, no problem. I'll pay the luxury tax. You get to February and things aren't great, no problem. I can move this guy, this guy, and that guy for, like, like at least then get first round picks. Like you can move them. There's always a way to move guys later if you believe in the player and you believe that he's not going to deviate from the way that he is right now. And remember, this is an owner who paid Chandler Parsons with no physical. You know, eighty, yeah. eighty-five million dollars. I saw that story. <clears throat> you know, what I'm that saying? story was cold blooded. Yes, man. it was. <laughs> like we the still way Taylor Parson did that story. Like this, I know that he he said the things that no one wants to say, but he just said it out there. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to get paid. I knew I wouldn't be uh, going to be able to play. Oh God, that was so bad. I Brutal. hated that story. Now that's pain. That's pain. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to ask you non Grizzlies questions. I know you guys have a big one tonight, but but last thing here, they are. They're holding on to Danny Green, it appears. Um, it may be in the hopes that when he comes back from this ACL, whenever it, it may be, that he can help them. Um, do you think he can? 
you, you never, I, you know what, the whole injury thing and how a guy comes back, I have no idea. Like, I, that's, Kevin Durant came back and was like an MVP of the, C, of the NBA when he came back from an Achilles tendon. Clay Thompson last year took a little bit of time. He looks really good right now. So, at his age, you would probably say, like, the odds are probably it's going to be really tough for him to come in and, and get up to speed. But you just never know, like, how, like, how attentive is Danny Green to his body? Mm-hmm. How hard is he working? Is he, like, if, like, I'll give you an example. Right now, Danilo Gallinari, I see him every day. He's working out. I see him at the hotel. He ain't working out like a guy that's, like, thinking about next season. He's really trying to get back. Whether he will or not and can or can't, like, that's all to be determined. Because you just have no idea how, like, each individual guy is going to respond. Like, I'll use another one. Like, John Wall's just still never been the same. So, mm-hmm. I just you just I just don't know when it comes to that type of stuff. But let's just say, like, Danny Green does get back to the best version of himself for sure. 10 to 12 minutes, he might be able to win you a quarter, which could also help you win a series. So, there is that possibility if he's back to that level, which no one ever knows how a guy's going to return. Scott, I got one more on Grizz, That's, and this is why I love talking to you because you've been in those locker rooms. Uh, first off, Steven Adams is perfect for this team. You know it when you watch him and you, and you could just see it out there. Last night he wins it with an, you know, a tip back on an offensive rebound. Uh, the rebounding, especially next to Jaron's tremendous. But as a teammate, I'm just you know, Steven is shooting 34.5% from the free throw line this year. And you saw, and, and I bring it up not not as a foot, but Pop went to sort of a hack of Steven mode uh, in a game earlier this season where you saw, well, you know, if they do that in the playoffs, they may have to take Steven Adams on the floor. I'm just, I, I say all that to ask you this: if you were a teammate of his, is this just something you completely ignore, Scott? Would you go to him and say, "Man, you want to get a little work in after practice with me, man? I'm gonna be working on free throws. You want to come out? Like, would you approach this or not say a, a word to him? What? How do you attack nah. this? Did you have a teammate with a flaw like that? Yeah, I mean, if you look like Steven Adams, I'd probably just keep my words to myself. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You ever seen him in person? Yes, yes. It's, I mean, it's intimidating. Yeah, he's the nicest guy. He's the nicest guy. But You ain't going to say a word. I'm going. Yeah, but there's ways to do it. Like, like, um, so, for instance, don't like, if you're not in the bonus, you can't do it, right? No one's going to use the hack of Steven to get it to that point. So, <laughs> Like, it's not like they don't have another option. Brandon Clark's a stud. No, they do. So, yeah. So, like, all right. So, you play him until they hit the double bonus. If it becomes a problem, just take him out. And you shouldn't even feel sad about that. Like, a lot of coaches would say, like, let me tell you, if I'm coaching against Memphis, do I want um, Stephen Adams out there? Or do I want Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark? Like, maybe I'm just going to – I'd rather have – maybe I'd rather have uh, Stephen Adams out there. So, when you say, like, the hack of Stephen Adams, I'm not sure that that's – like, like, that's keeping Taylor Jenkins up at night. I do think, like, you can still be effective. You could play the start of every quarter. As soon as you get to the bonus, you can come out. That's still a ton of minutes. But I would just say, like, I'm not sure that that's going to be, like, this overwhelming thing unless Jaron Jackson Jr. or Brandon Clark end up not being able to play for mm-hmm. injury. Then it could be a problem. But as, outside of that, I'm not sure that they'll go down that road. But, well, I mean, you never know what teams are going to do or teams are in desperate situations and stuff like that. Or if Ja has that, like you can always tell when Ja's about to do something exciting. If they just don't run over to Steven Adams and go wrap him up when Ja's about to, like, kind of get downhill or get out in transition or something like that. So there, there could be that element of it, but – I'm not sure I'll be losing sleep over that. We're talking to Brian Scalabrini, a Celtics analyst, a former NBA champion here on the show. <clears throat> you guys got a big one tonight. 
Uh, any reason to think you don't just absolutely squash the Warriors? The Warriors love playing against the Celtics. I that this whole thing about the Warriors not like struggling on the road, it comes down to like one thing: their bench, those young guys. It's no one ever talks about defensive IQ. They just say defense, yay! This guy blocks shots, right? It's defensive IQ is is um why the Warriors were so elite last year. I get the shooting, I get all that stuff. And I get the offensive side. I'm not dumb to not recognize that, but defensive IQ is this. A guy drives to the basket, like his shoulders are just slightly turned, you know, east to west versus north and south. You start to build out to that shooter. Now all of a sudden you can stop rotation, right? Like their their younger guys are nowhere near the same level of, of Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. Those guys have been communicating, playing off of each other on such a high level for such a long time. It's going to take maybe forever for those other guys to get up to speed. And the Warriors are hoping and praying that those guys will figure it out. Their offense is off the chart. And the young guys, they like they score. Like they can – Kaminga's a great off-ball cutter. But he gets lost defensively on – and this is the big thing in the NBA – when to help and when not to. They're equally important. But everyone, like, you got to help the helper. That's not how basketball is played now with the three-point shooting. you got to identify a threat. If that threat is not going to turn the corner and get a basket and I don't have a shot blocker down there, at that point I have to build out to three. They don't do that, so they're constantly in rotation. So I think the Warriors will eventually figure it out. Steve Kerr might just, like, end up not playing a couple guys, but – their de- defensive IQ is, to me, with those particular players, maybe the bottom of the NBA. And if they, if that's the reason why I think they can't win on the road because they don't have that, you know, like the crowd getting behind them and getting those, those incredible offensive nights. With the Celtics, schoolless, uh, Brian, you know, we watch them, John and I, from the outside looking in, wow, they're good again. They can win a title this year. But, but on the inside, is there a difference under Missoula? Uh, this year, is there just, you know, finer details, of the difference between him and, and Ime at all? Is there one? Uh, you know what? The, the the big difference is Malcolm Brogdon is here. Derek White is playing right. a lot better. Right. Yeah. Like, those guys are, you know, Joe Mazzu is doing the same thing, and he's doing, like, things differently. You know, not to say that Ime this year wouldn't have done things differently, like after his first year or whatever it may be. But last year, we turned the ball over left and right. No doubt. We needed another guy off the bench. Malcolm Brogdon has been a stud this year. And on nights where guys are hurt, he plays 28 minutes, he gets downhill, and he has like close to 30. On nights where everyone's healthy, Brogdon might give you 10 points that night. So it's like the perfect complimentary player, player who just comes in with a professional attitude, goes, does his thing. Ball movement at times has been a lot better. Derek White shot terrible last year yep. when he got traded middle of the season. Maybe because he went from being like an on-ball player to an off-ball player, his role has been much better. And um, and I think defensively, like Rob Williams, were, is picking up where he left off, which was when the Celtics remember. I think they were eighteen and twenty-one, mm-hmm. and they turned it around and were the best team in the second half of the season. So that's the Rob Williams that we're getting back right now. So a lot of stuff like that. I, Joe has been fantastic as a coach, just pushing the right buttons, letting the guys figure things out on his own. I think he's becoming better of a coach as the season's going along, just like anybody else. Then you take a job, you first got to get your feet underneath uh, you. And I think Joe will continue to improve. So I like our chances. My only concern is the Milwaukee Bucks and 
and Chris Middleton when he comes back because Drew Holiday, I know you guys are NBA fans. That dude's a beast, yes. man. Like, that guy is like, I would never want to play against him. And then you add Giannis to that mix. Middleton is back. Like, they got Bobby Portis. They got Brooke Lopez. They're, they're a really big, strong, physical team. That's my concern. I know everyone loved Brooklyn and all that stuff. I'm not really, like, concerned with that team if I was a Celtics. But the Bucks, they're the real deal, in my opinion, when it comes to trying to beat – got to beat a team four times now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that looks like a tough team to beat four times. And the last thing we got for you, man, just biggest disappointment to you in terms of uh, what you thought maybe this preseason and what you've seen so far in terms of the league and a, and a team. Is there one that stands out for you? I mean, there's a lot. Like, um, Clippers? at times Miami, Miami, Miami was one. Okay. I thought, like, what's what wrong with this group, right? And then the second one would be, like, Chicago Bulls. You know, how long are you going to use this Lonzo Ball thing forever? I, I every year get fooled by Washington. I thought they were going to be a lot better. Uh, I never thought the Lakers were going to be good. Right. Another thing that's disappointing is just NBA players in general, like discrediting the regular season. That's why I like Memphis. That's why I like uh, Denver. You know, I like I like the Celtics because I don't think that I think they care about the regular season. I think they want. It's not like they're saying well, we're going to we're going to win the regular season. And we're going to play guys hurt just to do it. No, it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're playing the regular season and they're trying to win games and with the long-term approach at heart. But I feel like those other teams are just like, whatever. I don't think they care when they lose. So let's talk about some other side. Like, I love watching Sacramento play. And I, I haven't said that in like 10 years, yeah. right? Like, so I think, I think they're, fun to, they're fun to watch. Um, another one was Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. Like, those guys are uh, – he's been hurt and they've been struggling lately. But – there's been some surprises as well. And then don't sleep on. Do not. If you're a league pass, because I was, remember when I was a league pass guy loving Memphis? Yep. My, one of my favorite league pass teams right now, Oklahoma City, the last two months. They have been awesome to watch. And I think that they're going to be trending. They're not doing the Wimbenyama, the Scoot Henderson, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys are, are trending toward being, um, I think, a playoff team and maybe to make some noise in the playoffs. So, a really, really fun league pass team. To watch right now. Scott, appreciate you your time Thank you as so always, much, homie. It's we'll great do it again to soon. You. Thank you, man. Anytime, guys. You guys are my guys all the time. I look forward to these calls. Appreciate, appreciate you, bro. Yep. He is Brian Scalabrini, uh, Celtics analyst, NBA champ. Uh, one of the best. One of the best for sure. Okay. And look, I mean, Celtics, Grizz, NBA championship could happen in the cards. Got to say. I think they're going to hold up their end. Yep. I mean, it is just a matter of the Grizzlies holding up theirs. And right now they're doing that. So should be fun. All right. Uh, we'll come back. Jason and John, 90 Turn FM, ESPN. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T Mobile. You can count on T Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.